You know, that uh, we're, we're not perfect. We live in an imperfect world. Right. We're around imperfect people, driving mm-hmm. imperfect cars. Right. You know, do, going to imperfect work a mm-hmm. lot of times. So it's all around us. It's so true. The only, our only hope is just pressing toward the mark. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promise outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that you're with us. The Lord has been speaking to us, and he gave me a marvelous word that we want to share at the end of this podcast. But it's starting out with talking about our feelings of failure and God's vision for success. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're so glad that you're with us. We want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and make sure that you have signed up for our email blasts. We have several to choose from. And you can go and read our blogs there and go and shop in our web store. We've got a number of our things that are on sale right now, getting ready for Christmas so that you can have a a good opportunity to get life-changing things for people that you love. And today we are going to talk about, do you ever feel like a failure? Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh I I know that it seems like we're under a barrage a lot of times Mm -hmm. of failure feelings like, you know, where you should have done something, I should have done something that I didn't do, or I did something I shouldn't shouldn't have have done, done, you know. I feel like Paul, you know, in Romans 7, that I I do what I don't want to do. and Yeah. And the thing that I want to do, I don't do. But Romans 8 fills in the gap that we have the Lord Jesus Christ to be the one that makes up the difference. Yeah. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Yes. Uh-huh. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And verse 28. Yes. And we know that all things, all things work, work together, together for, for good God. to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Yeah. We're called. We're all called. Exactly. And. Our enemy is constantly trying to get us to either fall into sin or miss something. Mm-hmm. Either we're intending to do something, we don't get it done, or, or we fall into something that we, we shouldn't do uh, just because in a moment we have a flesh flash and, <laughs> and things don't go the way we intended. But Jesus is there to be the one that is fixing it. Mm-hmm. And yes. as I was waiting on the Lord some days ago, I, I'm i not sure if I was challenging him or he was challenging me, but I wrote down in my journal, let's talk about failure because I wanted him to talk to me about failure because lots of times, you know, lots of times you're just under that haranguing voice that's, yeah. that's trying to get you to be depressed or to be disheartened. Yeah. And well, at, well you look at all these Look at any of your your preachers. Mm-hmm. You know, what you see up there on the platform is totally different than maybe when they're really going through stuff because they won't let it show. Right. Because they're trying to be an example. 
And it's good to be an example. Yes. And we try to be an example too. But th- I think it's important also for us to be transparent mm-hmm. and yeah. and let people see that hey, um, we're we're having I'm human. <laughs> we're we're having the same kind of struggles that you're having. First uh-huh. Corinthians ten thirteen says there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of to escape Hallelujah. that you may be able to bear it. Mm-hmm. In other words, everybody is going through something similar. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and the enemy wants us to think that what we're going through is something that nobody has ever gone through before. It's, like, it's worse than anybody else. <laughs> it's like in, in uh, First Peter, you know, this fiery trial that you're going to go through. Right. You know, it's just like we're not exempt from trials. Right. I, I had a saying I kind of coined some years back, you know, it just kind of dropped in my spirit. He who is perfect, let him fly away to glory. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and I you, think it was over something that happened or something. I'm that sure just, it probably was. It just came and I, I never <laughs> forgot that. I thought... You know that uh, we're we're not perfect. We live in an imperfect world. Right. We're around imperfect people, driving mm-hmm. imperfect cars. Right. You know, do, going to imperfect work mm-hmm. a lot of times. So it's all around us. It's so true. The only our only hope is just pressing toward the mark. Right. You know, and that's that's Paul. He says, "I I press toward the mark of the high calling of God." Yes. And that mark in the in the Greek. Yeah, and you would really know this if you go up to Jerusalem at yes. Scopus mm-hmm. and Mount and Scopus. That's there's a Mount Scopus mm-hmm. in Israel, and when the pilgrims would come, not the modern ones today on a bus. I mean, this is two thousand <laughs> years ago when they're coming up to the feast. They would walk to Jerusalem and come to Mount Scopus. Right, and if you could get there by sundown, the glow of sunset was falling on the city. It was mm-hmm. a beautiful. It's a beautiful sight. Yes, it you is. Know, so, and the only way you'll get to capture that is if you go to Jerusalem, Israel, and and yes. and do that. You know, right. but, but that was that was the mark. Was right. let's get to Mount Scopus right. before night falls, so we can get we the can view. S- get the view. You know, right. before the sun goes down. Right. Pressing toward the mark, and and that's what we have to do. It's you know pressing toward that mark, even even when you feel like you've been blown out of the water. Right. Because I even. Not too long ago, you know, something happened that just kind of, uh, kind of yanked my chain, if you want to, <laughs> want to call it that. And I, I kind of took offense, you know, mm. and I fought. That. I mean, it was a real, it was a real depression thing that just, mm. just hit me. And and it's just like you know, words, you know, people, things had spoken, and and that you know, like made you feel like a failure, mm-hmm. you know, like. And the devil will just, he just taunts you with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in my prayer time, my worship time, I couldn't shake this thing off. It was just a, it was just a downright attack, mm-hmm. you know, but after a, a day and a half or so, I, I finally got the victory over it, yes. you know, and it's just like, uh, I don't know where the scripture is, like, climb out of the pit, which you have dug for yourself, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we, we dig our own pits many times, Yeah, you know, and then we fall into it. It's true. You know, good thing we didn't have a shovel to cover ourselves totally up. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to do that on the top. Or you can let people shovel it in on you. You know, mm-hmm. you can do that too. Right. And and there are plenty of people who are willing to. They just love to bury you, you know. <laughs> the devil would be happy to send a few your way. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to get out of that pit and quickly. Right. Because there's no guarantee you're not going to fall into a pit. It's going to happen 
things are going to happen that are going to catch you off guard or you will take offense. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the strongest things to yeah. you have to beat off is offense because it opens a door yes. to your flesh. That's true. <laughs> and and according to Matthew 24, where Jesus is, is listing the events that are going to be signs of his coming, taking offense is one of those. Yeah. And if you don't forgive, hey, you're not going to be forgiven. Yeah. And that's very, very serious. So it's repentance and forgiveness. Right. That we have to do. It's just like we repent, forgive me, Lord, for for what had happened, you know, and if yeah. you have to ask forgiveness of somebody, yeah, you know, you go ahead and do it. And, and that restores your relationship. It's you true. Know? It's true. But sometimes you have to back up and be an intercessor for a person. Mm-hmm. Like if you, well, I'll just say for myself, I've had experiences and more than one <laughs> where <laughs> I've become offended or someone has done something that hurt me or could have hurt me, you know, and like if I discovered that someone was talking behind my back, mm-hmm. they say really nice things to my face. Yeah. And then they're tearing me down to other people behind my back. Yeah. I, you know, I ho- overheard a conversation once that I was absolutely devastated by it. Devastated because of the... Then you know the the attitude that was in the voices, and uh-huh. I, I was I felt like I'd been slashed, and I walked away from it, and I was on my way back to my office, and I knew that I couldn't hold offense because offense is something that you take, mm-hmm. you yeah. take it, it's an act, you actually yeah. take it, it's offered to you uh-huh. <laughs> on a silver platter, as it were. But you have to take offense. And by the time I got to the top of the stairs, I knew, oh, I've got to forgive. So my favorite way of forgiving is to begin to ask our Father to forgive. Because if I can start to become that person's intercessor, asking God to forgive the person, Mm -hmm. then it's easier for me to forgive the person because I'm already interceding for that person. And, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to that person because they shouldn't slander. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. blaspheming, you know? Yeah. Remember that we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And when we choose to speak against one another to other people, you know, you don't blaspheme God. Mm-hmm. And you don't blaspheme people that are in the image of God. You must recognize that God has a purpose for that person. And if I place a judgment over them and begin to speak over them and speak against them, the devil can use that information that I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah. in the court of heaven against them as an expert witness. And that locks them up and it locks me up. So that's not a good thing. And But that's the kind of wiles that the devil has. So it's so important that we learn to pray for people who have hurt us. And it helps so much to enable us to forgive those people. And, and mm-hmm. like, you, like you said, it took me a couple of days where, you know, you, you have this replay <laughs> that goes on in yeah. your head. And I think that comes from the devil too. You know, yeah. he's, it's a spirit of replay, you might call it. And you just have to keep saying no and begin to pray in tongues. That's a huge thing to help. Pray in tongues and begin to intercede for that person because you don't want the kind of thing to fall on them that the devil is trying to do to them. Yeah. Yeah, but looking at the the prayer that you had had written down here in your mm-hmm. 
Yeah, why don't you read that since, since you wrote it? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sharing with you from my journal. Father, help me to see the circumstances and situations from my seat in Christ next to you. I need your heavenly perspective in order to order my steps aright. I yield to your spirit, Father. Order my steps aright. And then he began to lead me into some scriptures. So let's just look at how Jesus is that one. Back to Romans 7, verse 25, it says, I thank God. Oh, I better go back to verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. (laughs) Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. So it's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Mm-hmm. So, Philip, the first one that, that I got was from Romans 3. Okay, and this is out of the Passion, the TPT version. This is verse 25. Jesus' God-given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins, and now he is our mercy seat because of his death on the cross. We come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice, because unto now he had been so patient, holding back his justice out of his tolerance for us. Yeah, he is tolerant for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That's that's so so well put. You know, I I had an awful time as a child and and a young adult and and really into my adulthood a ways uh, before I understood the King James on that verse. It says that God has sent Jesus forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, and I I was I could never get a good handle on what does that mean. I will give to you what the dictionary says. I'm, I think this is dictionary.com. It says, instead of using the word propitiation, I'm, I'm looking at the verb propitiate, mm-hmm. okay? It means to appease, to render favorable, to make propitious. Well, that doesn't help. <laughs> uh, to conciliate. And another way to say it is to atone. So we can understand that he's make, making reconciliation. But what you read was he is the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had that in any translation that I had ever read. But when I studied the Spanish, I understood that the word mercy seat in Spanish is el propiciatorio. <laughs> so then I got it mm-hmm. that Jesus is our mercy seat. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of took me back in my mind to a teaching that the Lord had given me from Exodus 25, um, where it describes the making of the Ark of the Covenant. And I'll just give it to you really, really briefly, but this was life-changing for me because for years I'd been trying to get a good picture in my mind of what it looked like to have Jesus on the inside of us Mm -hmm. and also to be in him. So it's kind of like this layered thing. But I couldn't really find a good picture until I discovered this scripture. And in this scripture, in in Exodus 25, starting with verse 10, I'm not going to read it so much. I'm just going to tell the story. But you can go and study it for yourself, where Moses is being given instructions of how to make the Ark of the Covenant. 
And he says to make an arc of shatim wood. Now, shatim wood is acacia wood, and it grows in the desert. Well, that's all they had to work with was what grew in the desert because that's where they were. So it's a thorny tree that grows very slowly because it's in, in the desert. So if it grows very slowly, it's also a very hard, hard wood. wood yeah. And and if you see it, it's really kind of gnarly. And it's so it's gnarly and it's hard and it's thorny. And to me, as I was reading this, I was realizing, you know, that is a picture of our flesh. <laughs> you know, when we have a flesh flash, it's usually hard and gnarly and thorny. <laughs> <laughs> And one time we were in one of the museums or an institute, temple institute in Jerusalem, and um, we were being instructed about the the making of the Ark of the Covenant. And when you read this, it says you overlay it with gold, gold. Uh-huh. inside and out. But this lady who was teaching us said, no, that's it's not like gold leaf where you just have this little thin layer of gold. No, she said it was a gold box inside of the wooden box and mm-hmm. those two boxes were put inside of another gold box yeah and then you've got this gold crown around it mm-hmm. that covers over the layers you so see all you can see is gold you can't see any wood at all it's all covered it's yeah. all covered and that is a picture of what it's like when our flesh is under the control shall i say of the spirit mm-hmm. because Gold in scripture is a picture of deity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you have the, the pure gold of the presence of God inside of you, and inside of the ark we know was the, the pot of manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the, the tablets of, of the covenant, all of those things are in your inner man when you're walking with the Lord and he's, he's doing his work in you and, and he's, his provision is in you and his authority is in you and his word is in you. And it covers up all of the flesh. So there's no mm-hmm. flesh flashing Hallelujah. when you're walking in the spirit. And that's the wonderful thing. Walking in the spirit is the thing. It's the place where we're going. So then he goes on to say that on top of that, you put a mercy seat or a propitiatorio, or it, in, in the Hebrew, the word is kaporet, and it means cover. It means lid. Lid. Okay, so it's the cover, it's the lid, but it's the place where the blood is sprinkled. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and there's two cherubim over that, two angels that are hovering over this place of the mercy of God, this place where the mm. where the reconciliation is taking place, where where judgment is averted, mm. where it's yeah. put away, it's wow. dealt with, it's covered. It's the cover place. And on Yom Kippur, the word Kippur means to cover. Mm. So the Kaporet is is from the same word as Kippur, that it's this place of covering. And so we see that this is also the place where God spoke to Moses. Mm-hmm. Is this interesting to me as I've studied this? It doesn't say that he spoke to Aaron there, but okay. he spoke to Moses. Aaron yes. could only go in there once a year. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem that there was any limitation for Moses. To, for Moses. Yeah. He could go there as much as he wanted. Yeah. Isn't wow. that an amazing that is, thought? It is amazing. Yeah. And, but it was the place where God said, I will meet you there. I will speak to you there. 
And when we see in the book of Hebrews over and over again, you'd see it in, in if, you, if you'll do a search for high priest in the book of Hebrews, you'll find it's throughout the whole book. It's mm-hmm. talking about Jesus as our high priest, high priest yes. who is interceding for us with his yeah. own blood, with what he did on the cross for us. He is the one, just like just like the end of, of Romans 7 says, that he is he's the answer to all of our failures, mm-hmm. all those places where Thank we fall father. short. He's there interceding for us. Mm-hmm. He's there doing the stuff for us. He is there. So we see that Jesus is there at the mercy seat. He mm-hmm. is the mercy seat. He is the sacrifice. His blood is speaking better things than that of Abel, which is in Hebrews twelve twenty four. So when Cain killed Abel, God said to Cain, your brother's blood is crying to me out of the ground. Uh-huh. So whatever his voice was crying for, you know, our t- fleshly human ways are going to be crying for um, for retribution, trying, yeah. crying for so fix for, this. So if our lo- life is in the blood, yes, you know, in our nature we have all blood in us. So if Jesus, if we're redeemed by His blood, mm-hmm. you know, that gives you a better a better picture. Yes, of you know of, of blood. You yes, know? and it's it's got to be blood for blood. Anytime there was a murder in the Old Testament, anytime there was a murder, a premeditated murder, then the next of kin was responsible to go and kill the murderer. It had Mm -hmm. to be blood paying for blood. There's no remission without the shedding of blood. So Jesus shed his blood for us. He was the sacrifice and his blood on the mercy seat is probably saying what he said from the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We don't realize how much influence from the dark side there is over our minds or other people's minds, especially unregenerate people's minds. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't gotten the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus and, the, and that comes from having a renewed mind. It's easy to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. If you realize somebody's done something to you and you've gotten mm-hmm. offended about it, but they yeah. didn't realize what they did, or mm-hmm. maybe... Lots of times we take things wrong. Yeah. We might hear something wrong. Mm-hmm. They might not have said what we thought we heard them say. You know, sometimes words get twisted by the time they get into our ears. Yeah. And God wants us to begin to speak with Jesus, mm-hmm. to begin to speak with Jesus' blood, those things that are better things. He's praying, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. He's interceding for us. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And not only is he, you know, if you if you have the picture of the of the Holy of Holies, mm-hmm. he is the Ark of the Covenant. He is the mercy seat. It's his blood that's on the mercy seat. He is the uh, high priest that is interceding. And he's also the veil, mm-hmm. the veil of his flesh. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done the whole thing for us. And if you look at the picture of Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is the one feast where it's not a pilgrimage feast. You Mm -hmm. don't go to Jerusalem for this. You hunker down and and right where you're at Mm -hmm. and you and you fast, you deny yourself and you repent, whatever. And you let the high priest do the job for you. Yeah, that's a day. It's a it's a lack of feast. Yes. (laughs) It's a fast instead of feast. Yeah. So. 
all of these things the Lord was showing me in the scriptures. And then as I sat before him, considering what he had showed me, he began to speak to me in my journal. And I just want to read this to you. He says, come up and see from my point of view. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Of course, that's a quote from Revelation 1, uh, verses 8 and 11. I saw your end from your beginning. I saw you and your entire life before the beginning of the earth as you know it. I am Yehovah Shammah. I'm continuously present with you, and I have foreknowledge about every detail of your life, past, present, and future. For I am the one who is and who was and who is to come. Nothing exists without me. I see the eternal you, the redeemed you. Your repentance for your failures and shortcomings erases them from my records. Now, use the power of my word and my blood to blot them out from your memory and the devil's records so he has no grounds for accusations. Blot them out before me in the memory of those who are aware of the situation that every defiling root of bitterness will be vaporized, disintegrated. Learn to cooperate with my spirit in intercession for those you have hurt and those who have hurt you. Pray and bring my blood and my word over the roots and ripples that go out with the potential to damage my kingdom in the people around and in generations to come. I'm going to read that line again. Pray and bring my blood and my word over the roots and ripples that go out with the potential to damage my kingdom in the people around and in generations to come. Oh, that's beautiful. Defeat the mental strongholds with my blood and my word. You have continuous choices to agree with the accuser or with me. As you Mm -hmm. continuously choose to be being filled with my spirit, you gain valuable ground in my kingdom and for my kingdom in the earth. Did you catch that? You're gaining ground in my kingdom and for my kingdom in the earth. Your overcoming makes it easier for others to overcome. You become a forerunner. It's the overcoming that I highlight in my view. I paid for it. It's my blood on the mercy seat, the lid, the covering. And I am the mercy seat. And I am the high priest of your profession. And I am the veil of the Holy of Holies. And I am your intercessor. And I am in you and you are in me. So stop listening to the accuser whenever you fall short. Cooperate with me in my plan for you and let me help you fulfill my work I have called you to. It's meant to be a team effort and I'm the captain of the team. (laughs) Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you, listener. We encourage you that we're just like you and you've had some things that have happened and Our Father wants you to know that you are just like everybody else. What has happened to you is probably abnormal circumstances. Mm -hmm. And probably your reaction was normal 
<laughs> in abnormal circumstances. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a new normal that comes from heaven. There's an eternal normal that our Father wants us to shift gears and get into that heavenly normal where we go up into his viewpoint to see things from how he sees them. Because Mm -hmm. if he sees me in my eternal me, Mm -hmm. he wants to open my eyes and your eyes to see others from his eternal perspective. And that will help you deal with the things that go on around you, the the hurts and the, the wounds and the things that happen, this stuff yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. But he wants you to know that you have an eternal purpose. He has an eternal purpose for you. And your eternal purpose is linked to him. You mm-hmm. can't do it by yourself. Quit trying to. Yeah. He's there to cooperate with you and bring you into that place of success from his point of view, just relax (laughs) and let him work in you and let him just work with him. You know, the, the job of the clay, if he's the potter, we're the clay. The job of the clay is to yield under pressure. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes we have these pressures that come from the outside to help us see the imperfections that need to be pushed out. You know, like if if you're if a potter is dealing with clay, he can tell if there's like a little rock in it and he's got to push it out because it mm-hmm. doesn't belong there. If he yeah. if he puts that vessel in the fire with that little rock in it, it'll explode. And then mm. and then the vessel's ruined. But he wants to push that out before he puts you in the fire. Mm, hallelujah. It's, it's wonderful what he does. Begin to expect him to give you eternal perspective on the things that you're going through, because that's where we're at right now. He wants to give you help to understand that all of these things that are happening to you are not to discourage you or defeat you. They are to give you, uh, they're like hurdles in a race. And and you have to jump over the hurdles Hurdle, in order yeah. to get through the race. If you go around the hurdles, you're not going to win because you, you didn't do it according to the way that the, that the race was laid out. You have yeah. to go over the hurdles. Yeah. You have to get through these things. And just like it took Philip and me a couple of days, but we started in the first. We recognized what the battle was and we fought it through. And you can too. Yeah. Because you have this new eternal perspective. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org To find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.